right. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. Happy Father's Day. Everybody got quiet. Wow. Happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. It says, talking about Christ here, it says, In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one, listen to this, Jesus, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And listen to what he gave after he ascended into heaven. He gave us, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Why? Verse 12 says, to equip the saints, that's us, for the work of ministry. So who's doing the ministry and who's being equipped here? Us. And God has given us these people... Um, given the church, these people, for us to do the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all, hear that, all of us, attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now listen to these three words. Kind of strange that they're tucked in here. To mature manhood. <laughs> How many see that we're all, male and female, being called to mature manhood? Hallelujah. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, by deceitful schemes. Rather, we speak the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ. Do you see that? The body of Christ, he's asking us to grow into the head, mature into Christ, is asking the body. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped with each part working properly, making the body grow So that it, the body of Christ, builds itself up in what? Love. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you anoint this message, Lord God, that you speak your words uh, through me, Lord God, that you would hide me uh, somehow behind your cross, Lord, and that you would speak what you want spoken today, Lord. In uh, your name I pray, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, The title of my message is The Spiritually mature man, the spiritually mature man. Now, I started to call this um, mature manhood. That sounded like a really strong message for Father's Day. But uh, people are going to uh, go down the podcast and pick out titles, and I thought that one might be a little strange. So we're going to go with spiritually mature man. And uh, the spiritually mature man, this is a metaphor that the Bible is using for us maturing in our walk in Christ. He's asking the whole body. This is a letter, Ephesians. It's all about the church and our church, the church's purpose. And so he's summarizing the purpose of the church. And God is saying that his goal is that everybody develops through and becomes mature in Christ. And the picture that he's showing us is Christ. He's saying that is the goal and the purpose of the church is to be like him. And how many know on Father's Day, one one thing that's amazing about it, Eddie was talking about, um, you know, Mother's Day is the most celebrated of all, uh, almost every uh, holiday that we have in America, Mother's Day is more well attended than almost any other. How many know that? That's an actual statistic. And then Father's Day is about the lowest. And uh, and I think there's something to that because how many know 
that uh, fathers tend to set the tone uh, for the family. That uh, people will look ideally at a person and that will be their picture in their mind for how things should be. They set the tone and a lot of people who uh, had a good experience will look at that father and they'll say, this is how we do things. This is how our family does things. This is how I do things. How many have ever noticed that? That sometimes for good or for bad, sometimes it's for bad. But there is a mental picture there and that happens a lot more often um, with a male picture. Um, And sometimes uh, a person didn't have that. And so they'll look at an ideal picture and they'll say, man, that is what it should have been. And maybe that's what my purpose is now. That's, that's my motto in life. That's my, how I'm going to live my life, how I'm going to do things. I may have noticed some people do that. They say, well, I didn't have that. So now this is the picture that I look at. And so there's this concept in the mind of what we should be, or we want to be, what our ideal picture is of how we want to live our life. And we want to live up to these high qualities in life to be just a good human being. How many know that? And that's very important what that concept is. Well, Ephesians is trying to say there is that picture that we should all have as the church and we should look to Him, the mature man, and that spiritually mature man is Jesus Christ. And so whatever picture you had before, maybe you had a dad that lived up to a lot of expectations, or maybe you didn't, But it doesn't matter what you did or didn't have. How many know the Bible's picture is Jesus Christ? And it's saying, look at that man and the purpose of the church is to be that. That you as the body would grow into the head, which is Jesus Christ, and the body would look like him and act like him and be like him. And this is amazing because Paul is saying this is the purpose of the church. And this is a big deal because sometimes we, how many know you have to have a purpose? You have to do things intentionally. You have to have goals in life, an end goal in life. And Paul is saying, this is it. If you want to find the purpose of what church is supposed to be, it's we are, God has given all of these ministers, all of these people, all of these workers for what? To help us look like Him. To help us grow and mature and be mature and be like Him. Well, what does that mean? That means that I want to love like Him. I want to treat people like Him. I want to behave. And you say, well, that's not that big of a deal. But man, how many know if you were raised in a home where you were taught, this is how we love people. This is how we forgive people. This is how we act toward people. This is how we have manners. This is how you live life, son. How many know it's everything? How many know that that is everything? That is everything about how to live life, how to love people. And, and, and here's the problem as we go through here. <clears throat> a lot of times we get, we get church confused. Sometimes we get a high ideal like, hey, we're supposed to win the world. We're supposed to evangelize the world. How many know that's important? It's like a really big thing to win the lost and win the world. And, and I know some people, they'll go halfway across the world to win the lost, but it's never about them being like Christ. When the goal is, be like Christ. And guess what? When you're like Christ, you know what you'll do? Win the lost. All the things that we're called to do, we'll do if we think like Christ and we have a heart like Christ and we love people like Christ loved people and, and if we just focus on what God says the purpose of the church is, this whole purpose of all of us being here is to make us all mature. The mature man, the mature manhood. I like the way that says that. Um, so as you go through here, the goal of the church, we need to really make sure is to become mature. In fact, let's look at some of the other versions of this same verse. Because how many know they're taking a Greek word, teleos, which means maturity, 
And they're plugging it in that verse and, and several different translators of the Bible translate it different ways. In fact, the one I just read said, um, one I just read said, <clears throat> he's trying to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. NIV says, or the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. New Living Translation says, till we all come to unity of our faith and the knowledge of God's Son, and we will be mature in the Lord. English Standard Version says mature manhood. The uh, Berean Bible says as we mature. Uh, Berean Literal says a complete man, a perfect man. New King James Version says a perfect man. So different ways it says it here. How many know God's not called to be a man? He's saying go through stages of maturity. And how many know this is in keeping with the way we grow physically? How many know we all went through stages of maturity and we became a mature man or woman in this world, right? And so this is what he's calling here. In fact, as you begin to look at this word, it's very interesting. The word is teleos in the Greek. And it literally says one of the best definitions of this word is like a pirate's telescope. Teleos. Why is that? Because the pirate's telescope comes in sections. Pull it out a little bit, it's not quite so good of a telescope. Pull out another section, it's a little better. Pull it out to its full maturity and that thing will see all the way across the ocean. And so it literally is saying, go through the stages of maturity. Teleos literally means mature stages. And how many know that we have a thing called spiritual maturity? We have stages that we go through in spiritual maturity. In fact, uh, verse 13 that we read this morning says... The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a lot of words that sound hard to understand. How many understand the word measure? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 15 says, Grow in every way into Him who is the head. We need a measuring stick. You know, we'll we'll say to ourselves, Well, Chad, I'm spiritually very mature. Well, how do you know? Because I'm better than because I compare myself to average Christians? How I many know we don't have a really good measuring stick of how spiritually mature we are? So how can we know if we are mature if we don't have a measuring stick? The Bible says the measuring stick is Jesus Christ. The Bible says to be conformed or changed into the image of Christ is our goal here this morning. How many walked in here this morning and how many read your Bible and you say to yourself, man, how can I change to be more like Christ? And see, this is what God's calling all of us to do. God didn't just save us to sit in a pew. God God saved us because He wants us to be more And more and more like Him. He is the measuring stick. In fact, if we were to read the Bible and the Bible says, hey, you need to love your neighbor. You're like, oh, well, I'm probably the most loving one in the neighborhood. How many know we can use that measuring stick? I'm probably the most loving one in the neighborhood. I'm most likely the most loving person at work. I'm most likely, maybe even the church, you know. I mean, if you really get down to it. And how many know those are all measuring sticks? But then Jesus says, hey, love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Love those who treat you maliciously. (laughs) You know, And then all of a sudden the measure gets a little bit bigger. And the measure gets a little bit harder. and, and, And the Lord begins to say, hey, I forgave you a debt that was so great. You couldn't pay it, so when these other minor infractions happen, you're to forgive them too. 
And see, what do we do? We don't want to grow. We don't want to mature spiritually, so we sidestep it and we say, I'm going to be unforgiving. I'm going to be unloving. I'm going to be uncaring. But I'm still the most loving one in the community. I'm still the most loving neighbor in the neighborhood association. I still technically probably the most loving one at church. Do you see how the difference is there between the two? And the Lord is asking us to grow into mature manhood. Go through the stages where we're all mature Christians. And God wants us to be great in this area of growing in Christian. Here's the problem though. It's very difficult to gauge where we're at spiritually. How many know if it were physically like the uh, metaphor is here and I were looking at physical growth and physical maturity, it's pretty easy. Um, You know, you're a baby, you're supposed to be this height, you're supposed to be this weight. The doctors check that, right? And you go to the next stage, hey, you're a 12-year-old, you should be this height, you should be this weight. And how many know they really are constantly gauging, are we mature physically? But you know, as a church, in order to fulfill our purpose, we've got to constantly be checking spiritually, am I maturing? Am I growing into this mature stage that God wants me to have? And uh, one of the problems, in fact, listen to this. I was reading this. It says, we tend to think of ourselves as much more spiritually mature than we really are. The power of human deception is almost limitless. You hear that? Well, not me. Well, you're already deceived probably. (laughs) You already fooled yourself. I'm just being honest here. Is that okay? (laughs) Even in those times when we try to be ruthlessly, brutally honest as we can possibly be with ourselves, denial and self-deception rise up to prevent us from feeling the full pain of the truth. We may say to ourselves, I am a stubborn, immature, and selfish person. Wow, that is a brutally honest person, right? How many can be that brutally honest? I am a selfish, immature, stubborn person. But, this is from a psychiatrist, let someone agree with your assessment and we become stubborn, immature, and selfish. How many can agree with that? Yeah, I can self-analyze, but let somebody agree with that and then all of a sudden find out how stubborn, selfish, and immature I am. (laughs) It is because we have measured ourselves to each other. We measure ourselves to what Christ provides as an example, then we are truly lacking. Hallelujah. And that's what's so awesome about church. We can come in and say, hey, compared to Christ, I'm not there yet. I still need to change in this area of stubbornness, immature, childish. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you are saying, well, that's Chad, but that's not me. I mean, no, that's all of us. We need to just really be honest and say, God, change me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to positively affect everything in our life. Amen? <clears throat> Here's one of the problems. We come into church and we give our life to Christ. And one of the things that makes it really hard as a pastor and as a person trying to grow in Christ, my desire is for all of us to grow in Christ. You know, all of these things that we all need to grow in are things that are going to help our families. It's going to help our community. It's going to help our church. It's going to help you as a person who's growing in Christ and fulfilling God's call in your life. But here's one of the problems. It's hard to tell the difference between spirituality and maturity. Spirituality and maturity. Let me give you an example. If a child is wanting to mature to the different stages of life, you have to give them healthy things. You have to feed them healthy things, right? Mothers that are in here, you got to feed them healthy. 
You got to make sure they eat on time. You got to make sure they get plenty of nutrients. You got to make sure you get plenty of sunshine, plenty of exercise. And how many of you know those are all good things to help you grow to maturity? But just because they have all those things in abundance doesn't mean that they're immediately going to go through all the stages of maturity very quickly. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? If they don't have it, they won't grow. But just because they have everything they need to mature doesn't mean that they're mature tomorrow. And this is the problem in church. Somebody will come in, they'll give their life to Christ, and what are the, they'll do all the things that you need to do to grow. How many know reading the Word? Learning the Bible. When you're new in Christ, you're starting to cut your teeth on the Bible. And so how many know that's like food, the Bible says, like milk, and at some point, the Bible says they desire meat. And you've got to have that to grow. Prayer, learning how to have a prayer life. When you're going through things you don't understand, how many know that is healthy to be learning how to pray and communicate with God and go through difficult things? How many know that's what you need to mature as a Christian? Going to church and having a fellowship group around you, people that are going to encourage you to live for God. How many know outside of church, a lot of times you don't have a structure of people that are trying, that are there specifically for the purpose of your maturity. So being there is critical. How many know these are all spiritual things that you can get in abundance at this moment and we can be tempted to think, that makes me immediately mature. Because I'm going to every prayer meeting, I'm going to every Bible study, I'm going to every service. And you say, I'm immediately mature when we mix spirituality for maturity. And you say, well, what is the difference? You need all those things or you can't be mature. But how many know you need to do it consistently over time? Consistently over time. Why is that? Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to read that Bible... And that Bible is going to be a collection of stories of people that went through really, really hard things. Really hard things. How many have noticed that when you read the Bible? You look at Joseph and you say, well, Joseph, he got sold into slavery by his brothers. Now, how many have, have seen very many people around you sold into slavery by their brothers? Okay. He goes to a country, behaves perfectly doesn't do anything wrong, works hard, promoted in a household where he is a slave, and then gets accused of sexual assault, which the Bible is very clear he did not do. The woman framed him. Goes to prison for many years in a dungeon. I mean, no, that's a hard thing to go through. And so the Bible is showing you that, hey, he didn't expect that. He didn't see that coming. You know, Daniel didn't see it coming when when his nation got overran by a foreign army and he got taken into captivity. You know, he didn't see that coming. You know, Jesus' life wasn't exactly easy. And so you read your Bible and you're getting all this spiritual food and you're taking all this in and you say, I'm mature now. No, you're not. You, you need the time to become mature by reading that Bible, praying, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to go through hard things like them. And that's going to mature you through stages. And so you need to stay in church. You need to stay in the Word. You need to keep getting all that healthy nutrients because that's going to help you learn how to be a Christian who is mature. Now here's what happens in life. There's a condition... If you've taken enough kids to a pediatrician, there's a condition called FTT. Anybody ever heard of FTT? That's failure to thrive. That means there is some type of arrested development. That means the development stopped. That means the child is not progressing properly through the growth stages. And how many know in the church, we see this all over the place? Arrested development. They just stopped growing. They just stopped moving forward in their progression. They're not becoming a mature Christian. They stopped at a certain point. Well, what happened? Well, they'll bring the child in. They'll say, well, what happened with this child? Well, he just doesn't eat. You know, the only thing that the child wants is hot dogs. All the child wants is macaroni and cheese. You know, how many have seen this? You know, they're not getting the nutrients. They're not getting the exercise 
They're not, something's wrong in the development. And so this is what happens sometimes in church. God's trying to make us this mature person in Christ, spiritually mature, mature manhood. But we are, our development just stopped. And can I tell you, I've seen it over the years. Let me give you some examples. God's asking me to forgive my dad. God's asking me to forgive my mom. God's asking me to forgive my brother, my sister, my coworker. And I know the Bible says I should do that, but I'm going to avoid this. You know, it makes me so mad. Things didn't go right. It makes me so mad. I'm dealing with this anger because of this thing in life. You know, God, I wanted my finances to be better, but they're not. And so we stop. And so we stop every bit of those nutrients that are there to make us mature. We stop going to church. We stop reading the Bible. We stop applying it to our life. And right at the moment where God said forgive, or right at the moment that God said love people, or right at the moment that God said stop being bitter, or trust me with everything no matter what it looks like, we don't follow the example of the Bible. We stop and we move on to something else. And our development as a spiritually mature person stops. And in life you'll see this. You'll see a young man who's 21 years old and he's got a bad home life. And rather than forgiving them and move forward and not letting that poison his entire life, he goes down the road of alcohol. Goes down the road of drugs. Goes down the road of just doing whatever because he's still mad about what happened when he was a kid. And then you find that same person 30 years down the road and he's 50 years old and he's still at the same place that he never crossed when he was 20. I've got to learn to forgive. I've got to learn to love people. I've got to learn to do these things that I could have done when I was 20 years old. That's arrested development. We're not growing. At some point you're going to have to face it. You say, well, all these pressures in life, I've got all these pressures in life in fact, I, I know a person, pressures in life are so great that he's buried himself in alcohol. They were things that were very much workable and doable. But rather than facing those things, he's buried himself in alcohol and it's made that original thing ten times harder to face. How many have seen this happen? That's arrested development. God's trying to teach you, trust me through that. Trust me through a divorce. Trust me through losing your job. Trust me through financial situations. Trust me through relationship issues. And if we'll learn to trust God, it's much simpler just to face what's in front of us than to circumvent it and have arrested development. How many have seen this in life? Am I telling the truth here? Maturity in life. We're, we're, we need to have a father figure a picture in our mind that says this is how I do it and today I submit to you Jesus Christ and just say hey here's how he would do this so how do I deal with these people that have treated me so badly your father will she your father in heaven has sent the perfect image and that's his son Jesus Christ and he lived the perfect life he'll show you how to forgive he'll show you how we do things as a Christian that's what it means to be a Christian is Christ-like hallelujah So I put on here the next thing. What are some of the hindrances? And I just kind of went over that. The hindrances are really just our lack, um, our lack of desire to trust God. If we trust God, how many know as you're a child, you begin to learn how to trust a parent? When you're a baby, right, you uh, aren't very good at it, okay? I've, we've had six of them, so I kind of can speak from authority here. But you first come home and you basically, I've learned this, however full your belly is of milk, that's how long you stop crying. If you can hold two ounces, I've found it's about two hours of quiet. If they can hold three ounces, it's about three ounces of quiet. If they can hold four, and really, it almost works that way. 
how many ever ounces they can take of milk, that's how long they stay quiet. And you're learning that, hey, they're not going to leave me to starve. They're eventually going to come with the bottle, right? And then you also learn that, hey, that stove is hot. Don't touch this, okay? Okay, all right. And as soon as they turn their head, what do they do? They only do it once, typically. Some of them, a few of them did it twice, probably. But how many know we learn to trust our parents? Like we learn to realize that our parents have our best interest in mind. And so as you're maturing in God, how many know when you first came to God, come to God, you're learning how to trust Him? And so what are the hindrances to your growth? Your hindrances to your growth is, I quit trusting Him. I quit believing that God has my best in mind. God says, forgive Him. And you think, what a cruel God. Why would He make me forgive people? Why would He tell me to love people? And Does He not know how much they hurt me? Does He not know how much they did against me and did wrong and how much they talked about me and how much they slandered me and how much they did this and how much they did this? Your God... He cares about you. You can trust Him. You can trust His advice. There was a lot of advice when I was young in the Lord that I was thinking to myself, that makes no sense. And it wasn't until years later when I trusted Him or didn't trust Him, I said, now it makes sense. Okay, I get it. I get it now. How many know you have a father like that? And he's really maturing you the right way. Hallelujah. In the Bible, there is an expectation of growth. Everywhere you see, the Bible is saying, grow, grow, grow. The Bible, God didn't just save you to sit. God saved you to grow and be more and more and more like Him. So let me go through some of the stages of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. And I'm just going to ask you today, try to visualize where am I at on this scale It's not a perfect scale. How many know sometimes you can be 40 years old and you can be mature in a lot of areas, but there are certain areas you're not. So you may find you're mature in some areas, but really immature in other areas. And so the good thing is that's what this place is built for. Church is built to find out where am I growing in God and where am I not growing in God? Where am I? Who do we have here? Wow, I want to meet this guy. Who is that? My brother, hallelujah. (laughs) I got to get that same suit. I'm going to do that. (laughs) I will get a little bigger size. I would suggest that maybe Cyril sometimes too gets a bigger size. Hallelujah, he got them broad shoulders, you know. Hallelujah, amen. Five stages of spiritual growth. Okay, and let's try to figure out where we're at because God wants us all to grow to mature manhood. God needs people that are growing in maturity. In fact, the Bible uses two metaphors. The one is the individual one. We're all going through the stages to be the mature spiritual man that he's trying to build, male and female in all of us. But the other thing is he's building up the church He uses a corporate building where he says, I'm taking the stones and I'm building a house. So if each of the stones are mature, how many know we have a stronger house? Hallelujah. So here's the five stages, and they're all very, very important, okay, and very easy to understand because the Bible uses the metaphor we understand uh, just growing up in life, right? Number one, and this is the most unfortunate one, I want you to really, really, if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, There is a... Stage of life <clears throat> read the scripture here. <clears throat> Stage one is the spiritually dead in their sins. Well, that's sad, isn't it? This is a sad state, but this is where probably the Bible says the majority of the world sits right now. In fact it says in uh Ephesians 2, 1. As for you, you were once dead in your transgressions and sins. How many know there are a lot of people that have never been alive in Christ? 
That means that they've never found Jesus Christ in their life. They've never accepted Jesus Christ. Their eyes have never been opened to a spiritual life whatsoever. They have no desire for milk. How many know if you've got no desire to drink milk, you're not a living baby? That's the first thing they do when they open their eyes is they're looking for something to eat. Hallelujah. And so these people have never desired spiritual things. They've never been alive in Christ. The Bible says they're dead in their trespasses and sins. And in Ephesians 2, this same chapter or same book we're studying, it says that's where we once were. Hallelujah. But now we've gone to this next stage. And it says babes in Christ. All right. The Bible says, listen to this, 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so you may grow up in your salvation. I mean, you know, when you first come to God, you really, really must have a desire for spiritual milk. You have to have a desire, and that's the Bible. I have to have a desire to know about God, to learn about God, to grow up, as the Bible says, in my salvation. So how many know it's very important? If you're on this first stage, you should have a hunger to know the Word. You should have a hunger to be in church to hear the Word. You should have a hunger to have people around you that want to tell you about the word and so some people are at this stage in fact it also says in first corinthians brothers and sisters i could not address you as people who live by the spirit but as people who are still worldly you are merely infants in christ i mean oh there are some people they're like infants in christ You haven't learned how to walk in the Spirit yet. You haven't learned how to get your feet under you. You're like that baby that hasn't learned how to walk yet. And he said, so I can't address you as an adult. You're still learning enough of the Word to even walk. Hallelujah. So some people are in this stage. And in this stage, how many know we as mature Christians need to recognize when people are in that stage? Not just important to recognize what stage you're in, but... Where are we in context to them? How many know that particular infant won't survive unless a mature person is there to help them? So we've got to recognize who are the infants, who are the ones that can't walk yet, who don't even know how to live in the Spirit, who are still worldly. And you go, well, I don't talk to the worldly ones. You better start talking to them. If they've committed their life to Christ and they're still worldly and they haven't learned how to walk in the Spirit, that baby needs to be taken care of. Hallelujah. We can't neglect them. Hallelujah. The next step, and boy, you're going to be able to predict this one. First, you're a baby, then you're a what? You're a child. Hallelujah. First John 2.12, it says, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put my childhood behind me. Paul is encouraging them to quit being children. And you say, well, what is this stage like if I'm a Christian? How many think this is important? To go to church and figure out where am I at as a mature Christian? If you are a child, just think about it physically and you'll understand it spiritually. Okay, if you have children, what do I have to do every day at 8 or 9 a.m., 12, 1 a.m., or 1 p.m., 5, 6 o'clock p.m.? You better be starting to get their meal ready. Now, they're not a baby. There comes a time when the baby has to be fed the bottle, and then as a parent, you're kind of excited because then they take that hand, and they're like, hey, I'll hold this. And they hold it themselves, you know. And I've seen Christians do that. Hey, I'm feeding them the Word. Give them a little here. Give them something to read. You read this. Go home and read it. Ask me lots of questions. Hours and hours and hours. And at some point, where the hand pops up. Like, hey, I was reading the other day. And I'm like, oh, you were? Yeah, I was studying pretty. How many remember that stage? You stay up all night and you didn't quite get it, but you were just studying and studying and finding everything you could. And you're you're that baby that just grabbed that hand like I hold my own bottle. All right? And then the child is no longer on the bottle. And then you're like excited. They get real meat. They get, then they start graduating to table food, right? You give them something a little deeper and you say, well, we can go a little deeper in the word now. You've been studying, right? 
And you can see that maturity. But here's the thing. If you're going to church and the only food you get is from me, you're still a child. You're still a child. And you say, well, I don't really have a devotional life at all. You know, when I've got a question, I don't know how to study my... There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame. How many know that? You don't feel guilty about your maturity level. I feel really guilty. I'm, a, I'm just a five-year-old. And you're like a five-year-old coming in, I feel really terrible. You make me all my meals. and you know, It doesn't work that way. Don't be ashamed of where you're at in your spiritual walk, but recognize it. God wants you to begin to mature to where you say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm 14 years old now. Mom, you've been cutting up my food. You've been feeding me. I mean, no, some mothers still cut their food up and they're 14, 15. <laughs> there comes a point where the child says, hey, Mom, can you teach me how to cook? You know, or you just on your own say, I'm going to make my own breakfast. I mean, remember, that was a big day, wasn't it? And you start to make your own food and then there comes a point where they don't even have to mess with you as much because you're growing and you're becoming a child into a young adult, right? And so spiritually, it's the same thing. There's some that grow from only getting their nutrition on Sunday morning, and they've grown to where, hey, you know what? I'm studying on my own. I have a devotional life. I study my Bible. I've been studying. Let me ask the pastor some questions from where I've been studying, right? And then there comes a point where they, you know, the next stage, right? Become a young adult. Now, all of a sudden, they're earning their own paycheck. They're serving other people, right? They're beginning to serve, right? And so there comes a stage where you begin to recognize these are the gifts that God has given me to serve people. And you start to recognize your gifts. You begin to recognize a call in your life. You begin to recognize that, hey, I'm here to serve other people. It's not just about me. I mean, remember when the child finally went from being, it's not just about me, now I want to serve other people. And you start to teach them how to serve other people. And some people in the church never, ever advance past this. And let me ask you, have you gone to that next level where you're saying, hey, I want to use what I have to serve other people? And you say, well, finally, I've been doing that, Chad. I'm at the highest level here. But how many know there comes a day where you reach that next level? And the Bible says that next level is a spiritual parent. And Father's Day is a great day to do this, but it says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.15, You have 10,000 guardians in Christ, but you do not have many fathers. Not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. And it says, 1 Thessalonians 2.11, For you know that I dealt with each of you like a father deals with his own children. Hallelujah. How many of you know there comes a point where you reproduce? And you start going out and telling people about Jesus. And you get to see somebody give their life to Christ. And you get to walk through the same phases that you just went through. And you become like a spiritual parent. And you're trying to help them learn how to, to drink of the Word and partake of the Word and eat real meat. And you begin to grow them through the process. And, and, and it's all about them. It's not about you anymore. It's about them. And you're pouring yourself into other people's lives. And you become a spiritual parent. And then you see them grow. And, and you're still around. And you're still... Uh, caring for them and caretaking for them and you're seeing them use their gifts and you're seeing them serve and you say, well, you know what? I could serve in that spot, but I would rather see somebody else do what I did. And how many know true spirit, spiritual maturity means that I'm all about taking care of the young. I'm all about seeing them grow. And how many know we need spiritually mature adults in the church and we just don't have as many as we should, I think. Hallelujah. How many believe that? We've got to apply ourselves to growing through those phases. And again, as a loving pastor, this isn't to make you feel bad. Whatever stage 
you're at, that's where you're at. But if we don't visualize spiritual growth, how will we ever grow? If we can't visualize where we're at on that growth, and if we keep resisting the Holy Spirit, how can we grow? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. How did I do? Oh, not bad. Wow. I'm on my game. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a water baptism this morning. Hallelujah. Evan, as we, uh, we bring you up here in a little bit, um, how many, uh, we, you know, Cyril, John, myself, several of us have been a part of, and, and Mom, Jill back there, we've all been a part of seeing Evan uh, give his heart to the Lord this morning. And uh, hallelujah. How many have ever, um, how many have ever had so many kids that you never call them by their name? Like, I see my son, my daughter, and and I never call them by their name. I always call them by their brother's name or their sister's name. And uh, I've been, I have six kids. You know, I've been a father of six. But can I tell you, spiritually, I've seen more. I've been a father of more spiritual children than I have natural children. And to the point where Evan, if I make a mistake this morning... There's a young man that I led to the Lord probably 15 years ago, and I mean, they look so much alike that I confuse Evan's name with him. <laughs> I, I've, I've had so many. Sometimes I'll call him Austin when his name is Evan. How many know that's an awesome thing when you've been leading people to the Lord for 20 years and they remind you of other spiritual children in your life? <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, I love Evan, and I'm just so excited this morning. But before we do the baptism this morning, um, I just want to ask you this morning, worship team, come on up, Brian. We're going to uh, take a few moments, um, and if you just close your eyes, I just want this to be a very intimate moment. Um, how many know the purpose for us to be here is for you to mature spiritually? And as a dad, my number one goal for my children is to see them serve God and grow through these stages of maturity. And I don't want to ever see one of my natural children. I don't want to see any child. In fact, I've had the opportunity to lead my children into a commitment to Christ, water baptism, seeing them develop spiritually. And uh, the saddest thing for me is to see somebody dead in their sins. In fact, they have no place in Christ um, how many know if I can't um, if I can't speak life into that person's life, if they don't hear the gospel and respond, how many know that they are lost for eternity? Hallelujah. And that's our number one priority this morning as a church. If you've never uh, given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never uh, made a commitment, uh, this is the day to do that. This is the day to just say, hey, you know what, Chad? And, and just while everybody's got their eyes closed, I just want to see your hands. Chad, I've never given my life to Christ, but this is the day. And I would love to do it. You don't even have to do it publicly. Raise your hand and I'll know to pray with you later. But if you've never given your life to Christ and you said, Chad, I want to be a spiritual person. I want to be a person who's following Christ. I want to be a person that knows Christ. If that's you this morning, I want to give a few moments Because this is the most important thing we'll do today. It's call you to Christ. Have a life in Christ. To be born again. Hallelujah. That's you this morning. I'm going to give you a few more minutes. And we don't have to do it in front of everybody. I can talk to you later. I'll know who you are. Anybody here this morning? I just need you to show your hand if you want me to pray with you this morning. Hallelujah. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else this morning? Praise the Lord. And I want to ask you this morning too. You 
know where you're at this morning on your spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. I just want you to really bring that before the Lord this morning. Lord, I've been selfish, Lord. I'm more like a baby. Lord, I want you to help me grow in my walk. I want to commit myself to walking and maturing in Christ. Maybe you're a child. You say, Lord, I need this morning to learn how to feed myself. I need to learn how to read my Bible on my own. and I need to learn how to have a prayer life on my own. And uh, This morning, I just want you to bring that to the Lord. That's what we're here for. Hallelujah. is to grow in Christ. Hallelujah. So as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I just want you to bring that before the Lord. If you need prayer this morning, that's what we're here for. And as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to pray uh, with someone this morning. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, uh, I just want you to bring it before the Lord. And if you need prayer, I want you to come forward. And, uh, and uh, we're just going to worship the Lord for a minute before we go out and enjoy some good barbecue. Can we do that this morning? Hallelujah. Just give the Lord a few moments. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for your body. Lord, I just pray for maturity. Lord, as uh, each person here in their life uh, seeks to grow in you, Lord God, you're the picture of what we're trying to become, Lord. Lord, you are everything in our life, Lord, and I just pray right now that you would um, bless with every spiritual grace, Lord God. Let it be poured upon each person, Lord God, as they walk and as they follow you, Lord God. I pray that you would bless them, Lord God, that they would grow, Lord, that there would be hunger like they've never had for your word. Father, I pray that as they begin to learn how to pray, Lord God, that they would uh, seek guidance and help, Lord God, as they seek to learn how to pray, Lord God. It's okay, Lord, to grow and mature, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that you would... uh, Help them stay spiritually healthy in your house, in church, in the Bible, in prayer. Fellowship, Lord God, with those who are fellow believers, Lord, that you would help them as they grow, Lord. In your name I pray, hallelujah. Just take a few moments to worship the Lord, hallelujah. So you uh, fill it.